Hey guys, we're happy to announce that the sponsor for the month of March is Origin. Origin is headquarters in Maine, and they build, make, source all of their products right here in America. They have a goal of seeing manufacturing return and thrive in this country, and I love all that they're doing. We're doing a really incredible giveaway with them this month. You can sign up and hopefully be the winner of a pair of jeans from them and a hoodie from them. If you'll just follow the links in the show notes, you can find out how to sign up and go check out Origin and all the awesome products that they have. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. It is a great privilege of mine today to talk to a friend that I've been friends with for several years now. And we haven't spent as much time together because he went off to seminary and he's been there for two or three years. We'll hear his story here in just a minute. My wife, Jordan, just interviewed his wife, Kelly, which means I'm talking to Kale Favre today. Kale, how's it going, brother? Brother, very well. Thank you for having me. It's exciting. We've tried to do this four or five times over about a year. So I'm glad that we're finally getting this done. <laughs> Before we do anything, let's go. Ahead. I take all, all responsibility. There we go. Well, I'm to blame a little bit too. Let's go ahead and pray and ask the Lord's help. Father, I just thank you for this time. Ask for a blessing on this conversation. I thank you for a friend and a brother and all that you're doing in and through Kale. And it's just an exciting thing to continue to learn from him and see what you're doing. And thank you for his wife and their family and just everything. It's just an awesome thing to see you continue to work. And uh, I know that there's going to be a lot of people that are helped not only by this, but the continuing work of his ministry and, and all you're doing through him. We thank you for this time in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right, brother, uh, let's go ahead and get a little bit of a bio from you and hear a little bit about yourself and then your family and then what you're currently doing. And then we'll get after that from your minute to your ministry trajectory about what what got you to seminary. So brings up speed on who you are. Sure. Um, so twice born in California, uh, raised there till I was about 14, um, converted at a Hume Lake winter camp, um, raised in a Christian family. Uh, both parents love the Lord. Uh, long to make long long story short, we moved to Southern Illinois from Southern California, so from one liberal state to the next <laughs> liberal state, uh, and that's where we lived for uh, my high school time to uh, about college. Um, did some youth ministry there, um, as most young men do when they feel called. Um, the first pastor I ever had train me was when I was a part-time youth pastor. His name was Bryce. Uh, just met with me one-on-one, walked me through the doctrines of grace, let me preach for the first time to a church. Um, I had my first like communion, like leading a service, just so many good things as a youth pastor there. Um, had another youth ministry uh, shortly after that. Um, met my wife in college at uh, in Indiana at the University of Southern Indiana. Uh, then we came back, uh, we got uh, we moved back, and then we got married. And then I was a youth pastor, and I was working part-time at uh, Lifeway, and I believe you came in at some point. I think I knew of you, kind of knew who you were, and just said, hey, man, I could really use some feedback. I mean, I remember we talked about just some, hey, I would like to disciple me. Mm-hmm. And you kind of stepped in and invited me to do a pastoral intern role, and that was just such a blessing. Uh, and we did that for about two years. Um, 
and then we moved here to Kansas City, Missouri for Midwestern Seminary, and that was the December before COVID, which feels like forever ago. So that was December 2019. Ever since, we've been about in the same area. Yeah, that's great. Your podcast or your sermons through the first uh, first first Peter are still on the podcast stream. For those who are interested, you can go to the Christchurch website and hear some of those sermons. I'm sure you can hear you know Kale's sermons now at his church or somewhere. But it was a great joy. Just I remember sitting down at McDonald's with you. I think is the first place that we met. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. McDonald's in Carterville. That's, that's exactly right. Yep. Yep. And you were at First Baptist, and he was at a church. It was a very large church in the area. You pastoring there, and God really taught you some lessons there. I think some of those positive lessons mm-hmm. we learned from negative experiences. You had some difficult. Mm-hmm seasons there and were faithful through that it was really good to watch how you walked with integrity and walked out of the out of that ministry stop with your head held high and i'm sure you learned some really good things but that was a really neat thing to Mm -hmm. see your character through that and to see you and kelly even early on you guys had some challenges and man it's just uh, awesome to see where you're at now and seeing you continue to follow the call of god on your life and you're also a raging evangelist praise the lord and (laughs) from one-on-one evangelism to you name it anything and everything from writing and all of that. And so how's the evangelism front? How's that been going? Have you been hitting the streets at all? Or you've been, I'm sure, in everyday life talking to people, but how's uh, how's Kale the Evangelist done? Um, very thankful. Uh, I love evangelism. I hope to be better at it. Uh, it's slowed down, Ted, because you know now we have three children, um, which is a good reason to slow down. It's worth it. Um, but I do try to do it often. Um, uh, this year I'm trying to do, I'm trying to do about one a week, talk to one person a week. Uh, it's not really, not really like a resolution. I'm just like, Hey, if I can, if I can just hand out, if I can talk to a person, um, I certainly love to do that. Um, and it's been easy with seminary cause you're around, uh, I've been sharpened by a lot of brothers here who are more evangelistic than I am. So it's like, man, I just feel like I'm lazy compared to some of you guys. So, uh, yeah, I, I still get scared. There's never been a day where I've not wanted to do it. I'd still rather do other things like, you know, I could just go home, you know, or what if they just think I'm a doofus? (laughs) (laughs) So I still get scared. I still, you know, tremble when I talk to a young guy, but um, I feel like the Lord has just given me a desire for lost people. Yeah. uh, And I hope that doesn't go away. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's good. Well, you were newly married or had been married a couple of years with one child when you guys left the church and ended up landing at Midwestern. I'd love to hear your thought process because you've already been in ministry. You already had this, some of this experience and a lot of guys would have just pressed on and, you know, the popularity of seminary ebbs and flows, whether or not somebody's mm-hmm. going to go and then also their stage of life, whether they want to occur any more debt or have the ability to do that mm-hmm. or not. It was a tough mm-hmm. decision, but you made it and mm-hmm. you went there. So explain the thought process of, of you and Kelly as you're working through, are you going to go? Are you not going to go? And then what was it that finally led you to seminary at Midwestern? Mm. Yeah, I think some of the desire uh, is twofold. Uh, one, I did want to have, um, I don't like the word formal education, but I did want to say, okay, I want to be able to sit down and wrestle with things I've not thought about theologically. Um, I would like to know, okay, what's the, why do people think Greek and Hebrew is so important? You know, I never really, had a grasp on that. I know you could read textbooks about church history, and I know you could do all these hands-on things as I had some experience, but I would really like to get shaped by it. And what's interesting is one reasons why I wanted to go was primarily for, man, I, I want to get sharpened theologically, even though I think most men typically 
in this time, um, you know, the have ability to read a bunch of theology books and be encouraged by Puritans and the, the good writings. And I think we can do that. But and I went for those things um, that I feel like I had, but I feel like I actually settled more for things that I didn't think I would need. Okay. Um, some of the best classes have been like uh, biblical counseling has been one of the best classes I've ever taken. Um, you know, it's great that I could explain the Trinity or that I could explain God's sovereignty, but to um, unpack um, heart issues and to actually walk through things has been one of the most helpful classes. Uh, even just like a church history class, it's just fun just to see God's providence, hmm. his continual building his church. So classes I didn't think I would actually enjoy or need rather have been probably the biggest blessings wow. uh, in seminary life. Uh, and then the second reason was um, we were young 20s. Like, you know, it could be fun to go to seminary. Like, it'd be fun to live on campus. It would be fun to be in the area. And I already liked the seminary. I liked what Dr. Allen was doing. Um, I was looking forward to being closer and just living in a community, you know, a little Christian hub, so mm -hmm. to speak. So those things did draw us. And, uh, yeah, the Lord has not disappointed. It has There's been hard times, but he's been so kind mm -hmm. uh, at seminary to us. And yeah. then, and then what, what pulled the trigger, just to be simple, was we just applied for housing. And got a call. <laughs> so it's like, oh, this must be the Lord's will. Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> and you went and it's worked out. Well, you went right. with one child. You guys have three now. And yep. you've been working be at fruitful, FedEx. multiply. That's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Amen. And you were working at FedEx. So these three big hats, and I'm curious, really, you could talk four. So husband, father, employee, seminary student. And then you ended up adding the pastor <laughs> to all of that. <laughs> Brother, that is a lot. So let's Sounds talk a lot worse about, when you say it that way. If you could look back now and counsel yourself, give mm -hmm. you some counsel, you'd say mm -hmm. some of the classes you don't think are going to be impactful to you are going to end up being the best classes that you've taken mm -hmm. and be prepared. God's going to do work and really help you through these classes. Mm -hmm. You probably would give some sort of counsel as well on things that you learned with wearing so many hats. Is that how have you done with that? And then what are some lessons that you've learned along the way? It's hard. Uh, it's hard. Um, uh, God seems to be in the act of reminding me how sinful and deceiving my heart is, um, realizing that, man, yeah, I think I'm a pretty decent father, a pretty decent husband, but um, when God squeezes you with multiple things, it really reveals what's inside, which is, you know, I like kind of putting myself first. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll do things I have to do, but if I have free time, I would rather do things myself. So I feel like the Lord has really been... Um, revealing to me uh sinful tendencies just selfishness um mm -hmm. not being charitable or kind when i'm cranky or tired um, and not because i'm tired but because i'm selfish mm. so i feel like having multiple things stretches me and shows me i really need the gospel every day i i need to die to myself every day i when, when the i just remember a, a sermon from you years ago um and wasn't really even like a text no one's ever heard it was luke 9 23, or I believe, where Jesus said, deny yourself. And I remember mm -hmm. you just telling us, this is the one command we just, cultures we just do not like is deny yourself. And I just all the time think, man, Lord is teaching me just, tell you need to deny yourself, mm -hmm. deny yourself. So I think having multiple hats um, has stretched me that way. And, and Kelly and I have grown, you know, we get thrown in a furnace, either we're going to uh, explode or get closer Mm -hmm. um, and so a lot of it is, okay, Kale, you know, what's it mean to be a husband or to be a father? Uh, what's it mean to 
instead of come home tired to lay down, but to play with your kids, mm-hmm. uh, to give your wife more time. I mean, just things you, you just think you already know how to do. Um, the Lord is in the habit of tilling your soil in that way. So I feel mm-hmm. like, I don't know if I have uh, advice for it, but it really is one of those things where uh, the Lord seriously knows what he's doing. I mean, he's yeah. so kind and sovereignty is so, wow, how, why would he do it that way? Mm-hmm. Uh, because he's in the heavens and does whatever he pleases. So I'm yeah. thankful that he doesn't just give up even when I put myself in too deep, uh, yeah. that it's even ordained to be that way. Yeah, amen. That's good stuff, however, it, it, however, if I could do it all over again, um, I would um, do seminary. And it's hard to say, like, business is hard. Having kids makes it more fun. But if you didn't have kids, it does make it more. You could time things better. But also, I could imagine seminary without my kids there. Like, mm-hmm. it's fun. Yeah. You know, right. like it's like, yeah, there's there's goods to both, but I wouldn't want to do it without my children. If mm-hmm. that makes any sense. Well, and still with all the experience that you've had and now with seminary and this work and raising children, are you 30 yet, Cale? I mean, you're not 30 yet, are you? I turn 30 next month. All right. Yeah. It's coming. How are you feeling about it? <laughs> I feel great. Lots, many years of God's mercy. Amen. So have you been hitting the gym still? And are you at strong, stronger at 30 than you were at 20 or are you a little weaker or where, where are you at? Definitely not stronger. Uh, definitely not stronger. Yeah. I, uh, with working another job in school, I certainly can't work out as much. I try to do a couple of times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, not as much, not as much, but it's okay. Yeah. All right. So you were talking to me six months ago, a year ago. I can't remember now at this point, a lot of times the months run together, you were talking about one of your classes that you really enjoyed. One of the main reasons you wanted to go to Midwestern was because Dr. Owen Strand was there at the time and before he went to Grace Bible Theological Seminary. And you were explaining why you loved his classes so much. I'd like to explore that a little bit. We talked a little bit about this even before we hit record. But I'd like to explore that and just have a conversation a little bit around the importance of the scripture for theological education and also the importance mm-hmm. for scripture in the local church. And we'll mm-hmm. connect the dots because obviously the Bible is important for the local church. But Let's get into the nitty gritty details of what I'm talking about. Why did you enjoy that class with Dr. Strand so much, Gail? Yeah, so that was when that was when the first classes I took, which um, was probably my favorite. Um, maybe one of my top favorites now, uh, biblical counseling, honestly, might be one of, the, one of the top as well. But Dr. Strand was one of the few men <clears throat> that I've ever seen in a class uh, open up the Bible and just pray and say, okay. And he, uh, the first day we opened Mark chapter 1. And I had him for theology too. So I came in the spring. So fall is theology one, spring is theology two. And I came in the spring and Dr. Strand opened the Bible, prayed, started from Mark. And for the next two and a half hours, uh, it was just a fire hydrant of theology. Um, just reminding us uh, about who Christ is, the the greatness of his person from the scriptures. Um, I mean, I've never... It was just like if you've ever been to a conference and he preaches or it, it was just like a two hour lecture, but it was preaching. He doesn't lecture. He preaches, which mm-hmm. makes the class even better. Uh, it was just as a reminder. The Bible really is what it says that it is. It really is God speaking. You know, if you want to hear God speak, it's been told, just read your Bible out loud. And that's what mm-hmm. stranded. He just preached. And it shows that the Bible really is sufficient. It's profitable, as Paul says, right, to correct, to train, to rebuke. And man, it is is Strand just unpacked that and just reminded everybody sitting there, um, this is God speaking, mm-hmm. and the scriptures really are rich and they are full of grace and truth. 
Amen. Well, I love that because we love books. I mean, you love books. We, I mean, I have mm-hmm. books right here. I mean, in, in my office, growing library, I've been fortunate for about 10 years now to have a book budget from churches that I've served yep. at. So just got to grow the Sparks Family Library. It's going to continue to grow mm-hmm. and love reading. But the chief component of theological education, I love hearing, open your Bibles, here's our systematic mm. or theology two class. Mm. We're going to, we're going to dive into the scriptures. I've sat in classes before in my training that I experienced in college in my undergraduate program. And it wasn't that at all. It wasn't open your mm. Bible. It was here's, you know, not that that's necessarily a bad thing. It's not that mm. every systematic class or every old Testament or new Testament that you have to immediately and only be in the scriptures or something like that. And I'm sure there was mm. probably other textbooks uh, assigned, but it marked a difference in my mind of thinking that mm. I like that. That's what education, theological education should be. Mm-hmm. That, that should be the ground of it. That should be the foundation. So not without comparing other classes. So what, I mean, was that something if you were, I mean, how, how does that impact then in a class like that? How does that impact the way, you know, if you were teaching a class at church or something like that, how you would do that and go about training the people in your congregation? I think it destroys what, um, regular congregants in your church would have Christians that you meet every day, even just a Christian like myself, that we think there's this invisible divide between, oh, there's an academic world, there's a church world, and they have no business being with each other. These people are all too smart. We're just too dumb. But when you go to, at least for me, my experience for the most part has been the Bible is sufficient. There's not really, there's no classes of Christians. Yeah, some people are have, you know, walked the path of obedience perhaps longer and have grown. Uh-oh. You there? And their love for the Lord, but oh, it's the Bible up. or nothing. I mean, that tr- is if we... Yeah. Pause real quick. Yes. Okay. Perhaps longer. Start because... there again. I'll make okay. it seamless with the audio. And then I don't know how to edit video. So perhaps I just always longer. tell people they have to deal with this. Yeah, perhaps longer. Remember, people have walked with the Lord perhaps longer. And then pick it up from there. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yep. Sorry. Okay. So go. So people have walked with people have walked with the Lord perhaps longer, but overall, what what I've realized is what people need, regardless of your doctoral degrees or that you work a part time job, you need to hear from the Lord from the Scriptures. Yeah. I mean, that's just what you need. I mean, Paul, the Apostle Paul, was brilliant. I mean, mm-hmm. we know he was, but. He preached the scriptures. I mean, he reasoned from the scriptures. He didn't take out a, another book. It was the scriptures. It was the scriptures. And I feel like that's something that just has warmed my heart so much to realize that, yes, there are certain men who are wiser. Praise God for them, that they can have these debates and have these arguments that I feel like I can't have. But what I've learned is to be really for the church, as Midwestern says they are, which I believe that they are, is we love the Bible. We yeah. want Bible people, you know, and my first taste it was was Strand. He wanted us to be Bible people. That was it. I mean, yes, we had other books to read, obviously, but they were rich Bible books. And he wants us to yeah. be, uh, as, as Bunyan was told about, or Spurgeon called Bunny, he bled Bibline, right? Yeah, that's what that's, right. that's what I want my, my people to do here is to bleed Bibline. Yeah, that's good. Now let the bookstore over at Midwestern know that and tell them to kick all the Catholic scholars out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, thankfully, thankfully, I typically look for the Puritan stuff, so I guess I don't really have any any jazz with that. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I didn't really love that either. But 
Yeah, that's been you know. definitely weird to see. <laughs> but okay, so you and I grew up in the same. Well, I didn't grow I up know. in California, but we ended up in the same area. Didn't ended up at the same church for a little bit. Yeah, and yep. you're. I'm probably thinking things like I was when I first got into ministry. So when I first got into ministry, I wanted, I wanted to be big, and I wanted everybody to ask me to come preach at their conference, and I wanted to do all this stuff. Mm. And a lot of my friends from college mm. ended up going and, and doing this big stuff, really. Uh, my roommate in college officiated the wedding for Kanye West. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, he is a unique dude for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, now, you know, me, I've never really, I've, I mean, I was at Cornerstone for a little bit, which was a larger church. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But then I went to another church at, you know, a couple 250 people and then stepped into uh, planting again. And our church is 160-ish people or something like that, which I consider large Praise now. It's, it's it's interesting when yeah, you see too, the numbers man. where it's like, man, oh, that's, man, that's like a huge church now. But yeah, uh, you're yeah. a smaller congregation at this point and still mm -hmm. early on mm -hmm. in ministry, considering the scope of how long you're going to be in, Lord willing. Mm -hmm. So how is it pastoring a smaller congregation, maybe to what you maybe maybe from compared to what you originally thought you wanted a pastor, a big church by the time you're 30 or something like that? And uh, there's a sanctification work that happens when you realize, wait a minute, these, mm -hmm. if it's 12, 50 or 2000, there's people to love and to mm -hmm. serve. What's that sanctification mm -hmm. process been like for you as now you're serving mm -hmm. in this congregation where you're at? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a John Newton hymn that uh, uh, it's called, I ask the Lord that I might grow. Right? Like, Lord, help me to grow in, in all these things. And what the Lord does is he basically gives John Newton what he doesn't want. <laughs> in the sense that we saying is, uh, you your heart is the problem. If you want to grow, I'm going to, I'm going to grow from your heart. And so every pastor wants to say, you know what? I want to, like you said, I'm a large congregation. I want to make 80K house budget, whatever. Um, and that's what, it, you know, that's, that, that's the fleshly side of ministry. Right? That's what we all think we deserve. Um, and the Lord has been much kinder to give me not those things. Um, and what it reminds me is pastoral ministry is about Christ and his people. It's about people. It's not, uh, about sermons that you preach, though, that's obviously one of the main things that pastors do. But it's about rubbing shoulders with people. Uh, I think it's been said before, you know, the pastor should smell like his sheep. And I think that's something that you demonstrated early on when I, when I was at Christ Church uh, that I steal from you, I hope. Uh, but one of the reasons why I think God has been so kind um, here is being a pastor of a smaller church gives me so much more grace to know that, okay, I'm not needed by 400 people that are going to call me every week. Praise God, because I don't know that I would be able to do any of that. Mm -hmm. um, that many of them really are just, Kale, we, do. we have your back. We love you. We want to hear the word every Sunday morning. That's why we come. And that's the feedback that I honestly get. They don't, they're such a loving congregation. They're not nitpicky. They're not petty. They mm -hmm. want to hear the Bible preached. Um, they want to talk to me about my kids, about their grandkids, about their kids, about whatever they're doing. And they really just want this simple thing. So it's just a gentle reminder the Lord really has people everywhere. I mean, mm -hmm. there's not just a certain kind of people, right? It reminds me, uh, turning to 1 Corinthians 4, and Paul says that God has made us uh, servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. That's what being a pastor is. It doesn't matter how big it, the church is. Uh, that I must, I have a very small congregation, so I don't mishandle that. I'm so thankful God knows what he's doing. Hmm. Yeah, amen. You've always been a hard worker. 
one of the things that I've admired about you when it comes to study, when it comes to just manual labor, you're willing to do anything. How's it been working with um, FedEx and kind of getting back to a little bit of the conversation we had earlier? You're preaching every week. So mm. and with family, what's your schedule look like? So mm. are, you work, are you working 40 hours a week? Just one second. Let me pause just one second. Uh, lots of intentional planning. So what's been hard is, so this is my last semester, so whew, almost done. So um, I graduate with a master's in theological studies uh, in December, and then now I'll graduate with my MDiv in May. So almost done. Awesome. And uh, this semester is a little bit more difficult just because I had the option basically to be uh, on campus more. So I was like, okay, there's a certain professor I'm wanting to take. Jared Wilson has the class I've been wanting to take for a long time. Haven't been able to take it, haven't been able to take it yet. And I was like, you know what? Last semester... I want to do it, which would also allow me to take uh, Greek online or Greek in person as well instead of online, which is just hard. So it's I'm stretched more on campus. But what the main thing is, is I just try to figure out, okay, so like, you know, I have class on Mondays and uh, Thursdays. Uh, so what I do is, I mean, I just, those, those are certain things you can't move. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know how many hours of work I week, uh, how many hours uh of hours I do exactly for FedEx. I do right now three days, used to be four, um, and sermon prep. I, I just try to hold evenings hostage. So Kelly and I make sure we watch a show, we go out to eat when we can. Uh, you know, I try to be really good uh, about coming home and don't be on your phone, Kale. Come home, mm-hmm. just your kids want you, your wife wants you. Those are good things. Um, and it just I've had to really balance prepping. That's why I'm thankful that the last two semesters haven't been that difficult to where I've been able to prep sermons. Um, and that's been the hardest part, honestly, has just been getting in the regular habit of, man, if it's Thursday and I don't have anything written, yeah. I'm in deep trouble, you know? So it really is, okay, I need to get into the text right now. Um, first day of the week on Monday, and at least have it in my brain, let it soak, turn it over while I'm driving. Um, when I'm working at FedEx, listen to sermons, maybe not on the on the text per se, though I might, I might do that like on a Thursday or, or, or a Saturday, I'm sorry, but have the text in my brain. Um, honestly, I have such a good wife. <laughs> I mean, that really just is it. Kelly is so, Kale, I know that you have to study. I know you need to do this. Just give me an hour. Give me this. Give me this. So um, having a wife that is so kind and patient yeah. um, helps me to pastor, to do school, to feel like, man, you know, Kelly, this week I'm slammed with Greek. It's a hard week right now. I have to go downstairs and just pound out an hour and a half. Okay, see ya. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just how it is. I mean, yeah. you, you just tell your wife. And if she loves the Lord, she yeah, it's hard, but we can do this. Mm-hmm. So That's awesome. Uh, the most challenging thing has just been just a regular getting in the habit of preparing sermons. Mm-hmm. You know, every guy can fill in, but usually when you fill in, you get three weeks to know, not, uh, yeah, not a week. Right, right. That's why I'm thankful just for walking through a book of the Bible, you know, you're preaching every week. So mm-hmm. uh, even just that habit has been helpful. Yeah, that's good. Okay. One more thing. And then we'll wrap it up. I'm sure. curious your time at our church, you were weekly preaching and we, we just put you in a room in, in our sanctuary for, I think it was on Tuesdays or Wednesdays at lunchtime and just had yeah. you to pre- prepare to, to prepare Thursdays to at noon, Thursdays at noon. That's what it was. Yeah. And there may be three people in the room. There may be two people in the room, maybe five people in the room. And we would just have you preach to get you rep- repetition. I'm curious, mm-hmm. never talked to you about this before since then. Mm-hmm. Was that helpful? And is that a good way to get guys repetition preaching? If they are trying to train up elders just to open it up and say every week at this time, this is when you're going to preach, whether there's anybody watching or not, we actually put it on Facebook as well. 
was that helpful? And is that something that, you know, you'd recommend to say that's a good option to get people reps? Oh, brother, hundred percent. I'm so thankful for you guys at Christ church. I, I have so much, so much good things that I have gathered from you guys. I mean, that was the most helpful thing. Um, in regards to ministry wise was being able to say, okay, Kale, you have a, a book, you know, pick your book. And I picked first Peter. Uh, and I just was able to learn how to measure out the length of a text. Okay. How far am I going to go? Uh, what's it look like? What's the beginning look like? What's the end look like? And to know what exegesis is, you know, I, you know, you see it done. It's great. You can read a book about it and you guys have me read books about it, but to actually do it means, okay, I need to actually, what is, what is the point that God is saying in this passage? Yeah. Uh, that was such a gift, brother. That was one of the most helpful things um, in the practical side of ministry, like preaching and teaching uh, that I think I, I've ever had because I've never done that. I mean, I, you know, I did a youth ministry, but it just I didn't get feedback. I didn't, you know, because after that, you, you guys would sit there and you would graciously push. You'd say, hey, Kale, why I think this was really helpful, uh, but maybe you shouldn't say this. Or instead of, you know, go this direction, maybe be shorter here. So that was some of just getting feedback in a way that isn't, yep, sounded good. Mm-hmm. Brother, I don't want to hear that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know I know, it wasn't great. It's my first time preaching. So I feel like if I didn't do that, walking through books of the Bible here, because right now I'm going through First Corinthians, mm-hmm. and we're in chapter 15 now, um, mm-hmm. walking through hard passages, um, I wouldn't be able to do here well if I didn't have good critique with you guys. Hmm. So I think any pastor that wants to disciple um, elders or even just men who feel a call, give them four weeks in a row. Let them just torch out some passages. Have them mm-hmm. pick a book, um, like an Old Testament narrative or something, anything. Yeah. Have them just walk through it and give them honest feedback. You know, something uh, I've been taught is to call it pros and grows. Hey, this is really good. You're pro. But mm-hmm. here are some ways you need to grow. It's just so helpful to get honest mm-hmm. feedback from pastors. Cool. I love it. It's such a such a gift. Good. Glad to hear and that. And you guys did excellent. That was that was such a helpful thing. Praise God, man. I feel like we're always stumbling forward and trusting the Lord. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I'm, was helpful. I'm glad you didn't say like, no, that sucked. <laughs> oh, Thursdays at what? I forgot well, I think that. a lot yeah. of guys, one of the things that probably the primary thing people reach out to me and ask about is what do you do to train elders? What do you do to raise up elders? And I'm like, you know, we don't have, uh, we don't have it down exactly. We have it more down the framework without it, it, the, the difficult, the difficult part of anything is always the application of what you've put down on paper. And now it's actually the implementation of the plan and then getting that done. And we have fortunately had guys since you've left. Now, Hank is pastoring a church, a Liberty church yeah. up in, in yeah. DeCoin. And then Adam also, who is our associate pastor. Mm-hmm. Adam is now up there doing some stuff with Hank and helping and you've gone forward. And so we've had this opportunity of a lot of guys that have come mm-hmm. in and now transitioned or moved on to other places. And uh, we're, you know, we just brought on Josh Stowers, which was the, the guy, the yeah. successor, you know, yeah. for Bryce and, uh, yeah. and where you were youth ministering. And so long story short, giving guys prep reps and just doing that, even if there's not, even if it's not a Sunday morning, just on a Wednesday or something like yeah. that could be a really practical way. I'm glad that was helpful. Um, yeah. If preaching is preaching, mm-hmm. no matter who's there. Yeah. I mean, God brings fruit. Right. And just even add another helpful thing. And then uh, that you guys did as well as uh, was just, Hey, just kill. Um, just come with me to do what? Mm-hmm. Just come with me. I mean, it just is random stuff mm-hmm. and just, just small discussions. Just, Hey, how are you and Kelly doing? Oh, okay. You know, uh, or just me watching you. You know, there, there's a, a good D.A. Carson video that someone put together 
where Carson preaching a sermon, and it, it's called like follow me. And okay. for the best way you learn is just you just follow you just follow pastor around, just mm-hmm. grab the guy you want to disciple, take him with you to go go pick up stuff at Lowe's. I don't know, yeah. talk to the guy. Like that, that that's what that's what we that's what we're dying for. It's just that. And discipleship is really easy when you do it that way. And so yeah. helpful. And and you guys have done that. You and Andy both have done that so um, well at Christ Church. Well, praise God. All right, Kale Faber, why do you love Jesus, brother? Why do I love Jesus, man? He is the fountain of joy. He gave me new life when I was going astray. Uh, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Jesus Christ is my king. He is my treasure. And I am... Every day stunned that he saves wretches just like Kale. I mean, seriously, there's just, I know the hidden evils of my heart. So I love Christ so much. So thankful for his life, death, and resurrection for sinners like me. Amen. Amen. So good. Thankful, man. Thanks for, for coming on the show. Really appreciate it for everybody listening in. Go ahead and please leave a rating review. At least consider that. Everyone says it's helpful. So my hunch is it, it probably is helpful and <laughs> algorithms and all that kind of stuff in the internet so if you would leave a rating review and share this please subscribe if you're watching on gab please subscribe as well and and share pass it along if it's helpful i know kale you've written some articles and have several things published online is there anything that you got going on that you'd like people to check out where can we hear your sermons if they want to hear your sermons uh you guys post them on your website if not uh you guys can check out our church website anything that you would like to to point people to Uh, i mean if you if you want to hear uh, the preaching, uh, it's Union Baptist Church in Oric, Missouri. So the website is UBC, Oric, O-R-R-I-C-K. You can look there. Um, I write some things sometimes, but nothing to, uh, nothing crazy. You, you could probably find things on there, but um, check out Jared's preaching. Jared preaches better than I do. So, Well, thanks, brother. I appreciate you. And <laughs> thanks so much for coming on the show. Um, guys, thanks for listening. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Kale, thanks, man. Grace and peace.